I'm Libby Rothschild, former clinical dietitian who transformed into a full-time virtual business owner. It was only one year ago when I made $55,000 a year in my clinical job. And now I make $100,000 a month being my own boss. And you can do this too. My clients, who are all female dietitians and students, started from zero and created six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses by following my proven method. And they've all been guests on air. My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. On today's episode, we have Kat Shire. She has a master's in nutritional sciences. She's a registered dietitian and certified personal trainer in Fort Worth, Texas. She's passionate about helping women tainted by diet culture to overcome their obsession with food, improve their body image, and their relationship with exercise. Kat's laid-back personality and dry sense of humor helps her create a comfortable environment for her clients to learn, grow, and gain confidence in themselves and their food choices. You can find her on Instagram at eat period, guilt-free. Welcome to the episode, Kat. Hi, thank you, y'all. Super stoked to jump in. So I want you to share a little bit about where you started out versus where you are now. So let's talk about, did you have an Instagram when you started with this program? I did have an Instagram and my handle was actually my LLC name, which is Rectoactive Health. And so nobody knew what that meant, but that was, that was my Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) And what type of clients were you working with before? Mm -hmm. So in my private practice, uh, retroactive health, I was working with people with eating disorders, disordered eating, occasionally see people with new diabetes diagnoses, IBS, an occasional food allergy here and there. And yeah, that was about it. In that role, would you say that you were working with your dream client or clients? I was here and there. Like, I definitely know that I wanted to work with eating disorders and disordered eating, but I found that I was becoming more and more drawn to the women that I was seeing that were struggling more with disordered eating and disordered exercise. So I just felt myself really being pulled towards those women, but I was, you know, not always sure where to find those women or for them to be able to find me. Yeah, definitely. It totally makes sense. So let's talk about your types of clients now that you've crafted your Instagram to attract them. So what is your current niche? My current niche is women who are around the age of 28 and they work and they are either engaged or newly married and have always had a little bit of issues with their body image some disordered eating and just feel like, you know, they've tried diets and they feel like with our society, they just don't know how to eat anymore. And because of that, they just find themselves always thinking about food and obsessing about food and worrying about it. And in addition to that, they're feeling like they're always having to compensate with exercise. They love exercise and it's always been a part of their life. And at one point they were probably even an athlete when they were younger, but they're just not sure um, that they have a healthy relationship with exercise anymore. Yeah. And would you say that your niche has evolved while you're in the program or did you just know out the gate that this is who you wanted to work with? It's definitely evolved. So when I started the dietitian boss program, I 
just knew I wanted a virtual private practice. I just wasn't quite sure who I was going to talk to. So at first I was like, well, maybe I'll do weight loss, but in an all food fit approach. And then I was like, no, that's just not my message. And then I really wanted to each down. So I was like, okay, I'll do former athletes with disordered eating. And I marketed to former athletes for a while specifically, and that was great, but I just, it didn't feel right. And then I just kind of really took a step back and thought, you know, who are the people that I just enjoy talking with? Like who kind of lights me up and who do I have the most success with? And I just said, okay, and it's down to, to where I am now. Amazing. I think a lot of people can understand that journey of just finding themselves and finding who they're actually passionate about and who do they feel the most connected with? Because alignment's so important with starting your own practice. So now that you've niched down, what do you like about working with this niche? That's a great question. I mean, when I get off my group calls, I'm just in such a good mood. They're just fun. They're fun women. Most of them love food. Like they're not picky. They're foodies. But through time, they just become scared of it. And they want to be able to enjoy it again. And go out and with their girlfriends to happy hours and not be afraid to have dessert with their significant other. And they like being fun and social. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's cool to watch them turn back into the person that they were before they struggled with disordered eating and the person that they want to be for the rest of their life. Yeah, totally. And have you always had this dream? Can you list like three or four words that come to mind when you thought about running your own business and what it could potentially afford you? I have not always had this dream and I don't know if I have three or four words. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> you know, I would say that obviously getting to start a private practice in the town that I live in has been such a blessing and has been such a good learning experience for me. But starting Dietitian Boss was something that I wanted to do to expand my practice and make more money and just have a bigger reach yeah. outside of the town that I live in. So honestly, I couldn't have expected any of this. Yeah, It's just been a great ride. And I always said I would never go into private practice, too much work, but now I would never go back to having a boss again. Love it. So, so it almost <laughs> sounds like yours, if we had to do phrases, it would be being your own boss. And bigger oh, yeah. reach, I feel like. So you kind of like secretly gave us some oh. tips. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can't be, you know, I have to be long-winded. Like, I don't have three or four words. <laughs> love it. I love it. Kat. That's what I love about you. And that's your personality. And people are going to really jump onto that and attach to that. Because that's the great thing about being able to have your own business and just be yourself. So yeah, thank uh, you. I that's love fun. it. <laughs> <laughs> And can you give like the listeners a specific example when you felt like, yes, I'm really doing what I, I'm passionate about. I'm really building no like, and trust because part of like growing your business is to be comfortable and feel like you're building some authority. So can you share an example of how you've been able to do that on Instagram? I think it's when I finally just allowed myself to be myself on Instagram obviously to show my face on stories and just pretend like I'm talking to my best friend or, and just kind of having fun with it. And when I started to be more authentic, I started to get some more messages of people, you know, saying they appreciated my content or keep going or doing a great job. So that's when it, really when I noticed it. 
I love it. Yeah. When people DM you, it's so mm-hmm. powerful. Like, yeah, likes and people are like, oh, I've got all these comments, but it's really the messages. And mm-hmm. that's something that's really helpful too. And you just know like, okay, I'm speaking to my people. They're finding me. My tribe mm-hmm. is being built, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It keeps you going for sure. And a big part of this program setting goals. And can you share some of your goals in particular, what your short-term and long-term goals when you uh, started the first day of the program? Like what were those goals that you set for yourself? Financial goals, I assume, or just any any goals? Any goals, because we we have a lot of people that are coming Mm -hmm. from having not even an Instagram, being afraid of the camera. So any, Mm -hmm. any of those goals that you want to share, feel free to. Okay, great. Definitely mindset. That was probably my biggest goal because it was starting the dietitian boss program that made me realize that I was in a fixed mindset and wasn't allowing myself to be in an abundance mindset and have the confidence to stay in that mindset. So that's probably was my biggest goal starting out. And then that evolved into being more confident with showing up on stories, showing my face and being myself. Yeah. I love that. Those are amazing goals to have. Like, yeah, money goals are great and all, but you don't make the money unless you actually have the mindset and you're willing to show up. It's like all interconnected, but you definitely can't even get to those bigger picture things without Mm -hmm. addressing them. So I'm so happy that you shared that. And I'm hoping the listeners will really feel that and like get a better understanding that starting a business isn't just about, oh, I've got to make 10K and reach my revenue and this is my outgoing and I've got X amount this quarter. It's like, you have to have your mind right for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I would, I would definitely say I started out being like, yes, I'm gonna start this program and make 10K tomorrow. And then I was like, oh, no, wait, I got to get this mindset right. So <laughs> <laughs> And what's your next goal? Because I know you've worked through it quite a bit. So what's the next goal that you have for yourself? My next short-term goal is to enroll more women in my group program. You know, my first group program that's six weeks long. The last call is on Tuesday and it's gone by so fast. And my plan is to hopefully re-enroll at least two of those women. I'm going for all four, but then, and just keep, keep enrolling women and getting my message out there and still showing up on stories and being confident and having my abundance mindset. Love it. Love it. Love it. And then what would you say are the actions you're taking to set those goals? So you're going to re-enroll these women. Like what are some of the things that you're going to work on to do that? And I think this is kind of a fun question because oftentimes we'll ask people what they're doing, but we don't ask how are you planning on doing it. So mm-hmm. I'm curious mm-hmm. what your your strategy, even if it's like a little snippet and you don't want to reveal all the secret sauce. <laughs> Got it. Well, luckily we have this awesome coach in the dietitian boss program that gave me some tips to do to re-enroll some of these women. But to start, I am scheduling graduation calls so I can get face to face with them and talk about their progress and next steps, and then talk about how I can support them in those next steps. Love it. Such a great strategy. People forget client retention is one of the most powerful ways to have more predictable revenue. It's not Mm -hmm. always about client acquisition. The best companies spend a lot of time on the front end getting the acquisition piece, but if you can keep re-enrolling, re-signing, getting referrals, it's such a time saver. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. 
And so far, how much money have you made? And what have you done with the money that you've made from that? Like maybe gone on vacation, save, (laughs) debt? Mm -hmm. I made $1,000 in November. And honestly, like, obviously with COVID, I I didn't get to go anywhere. That is a part of my long-term goal. But what that $1,000 did is honestly, it just gave me so much confidence. And I actually think I allowed myself to go shopping. I went and bought some like winter clothes because I, I, you know, I went somewhere other than target, like nothing wrong with target. I love it, but I went to a boutique in town and I just kind of gave myself permission to just like, Hey, I earned this. I'm going to buy myself some things that I want and need. I love that. That's such a good feeling. I know. I was like, you know what? And Target's actually getting kind of expensive. Oh, I love Target. Oh, I I know. And it is getting up there. (laughs) It's like a boutique, but yeah, I get what you're saying. After going there over and over, especially during COVID, I'm like, I think Uh of all the tie-dye sweatpants. I don't know if I need another pair, but I agree. It's nice to reward yourself with something extra that make you feel. Yeah. Like I bought myself like a $70 sweater and I normally would never do that. And it's a very warm sweater. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It just I was pretty excited. I love it. I'm just shocked that it gets cold enough to wear sweaters in Texas. Um, yeah, right now it's 50 degrees. And that's, I mean, we were at 30 this morning. That's really cold for us. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And, and on the topic of money and $70 mm-hmm. sweaters, a lot of people are coming from different places in their life and their perspectives about money is really kind of dictated from that position, whether where they're currently at or the way they grew up. So can you mm-hmm. share some of your money stories, like what limiting beliefs you had about money? So I grew up really knowing, not really like knowing a lot about money, um, which is funny because my dad is so like, you have to budget, you have to budget. And in case you ever listen to this, Hey dad, like you're, you're really good at budgeting, (laughs) but it made me very frugal. Like I consider myself to be a very frugal person. And I married someone who is the total opposite. Oh, (laughs) so I think that ties back to what I was saying earlier, like that thousand dollars, like gave me the confidence to be like, okay, you can go buy yourself something. Like it's okay. But I cannot tell you, like, I really struggle every time I buy something, I have buyer's remorse. Oh, wow. But like this month, I really didn't. Love it. Yeah, (laughs) that's incredible. And that's something that a lot of listeners love to hear the fact that you're vulnerable and sharing that because that's a place where people are coming from. And oftentimes it's because maybe, you know, with your the earnings that you get, it's very predictable. So, you know, like what you can really allot. But when you add this extra layer of having your own private practice and adding an extra 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 10,000 a month, you start to like open up your life to abundance. Like I can do more. I can treat myself more, which is a great feeling. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's awesome. And Part of the way you've been able to get clients is like, you know, working on your content creation process. And a lot of people are afraid to get out there and post stuff. So I've been asking a lot of our guests on the show, like to walk us through their content creation process. So how did you like really develop and nail down like the messaging, like the words on your, your posts? Like, where do you get that information from? Um, Well, you, (laughs) (laughs) But aside from that, market research, and, yep. you know, I do have the pleasure of seeing some of my ideal client in my, in my private practice as well, but definitely market research and 
just learning more about the words that the women that that I see that my woman is would use. You know, I'm in the food freedom world and a lot of my, my IC doesn't really know the term intuitive eating. So that was kind of a, a challenge at first, trying to figure out the right words to use um, and still working on that. But definitely when I started using more of my clients' words is when I started getting more reach and more Love engagement. It. Love it. And in terms of getting inspiration, like a lot of people will go on to fellow mm. DP's accounts, like before they join and look at them and they're like, oh my God, their content is so great. So where do you get like your design inspiration? I'm always amazed when I look at people's design, like you have your signature cat style. When I look at them, like this is cat style. So where did you get your inspo? I definitely started out getting inspiration from, like I would go look at dietitian bosses like Bonnie Roney or Colleen Christensen. And I just love Colleen's like sense of humor. And so I definitely got ideas from them. And then I was just, the, just the other dietitian bosses in the group, like kind of piecemealing things that they were doing. I'm like, that's neat. I could do it this way. And, you know, after trying probably 10 different things, I kind of have three different styles laid down that I'm working on rotating. And um, in that too, I also learned that people like seeing me in the post. I thought at one point they were getting tired of me. So I quit showing pictures of me and then my, my reach went down. So I'm like, okay, they actually like seeing me inserted into these posts. And I think they think it's really fun. And sometimes they think it's really funny. And I think when it makes people, when it makes people feel good, they want to come back and. Yeah. And so I, love- I don't know what they think about it. It's funny, but I, I don't worry too much about that. <laughs> That's a good mindset. Set yeah. I like, like that. Okay. <laughs> And on the topic of that, and you landed on a really good point, and this is a point that I know you know this from being on all the coaching calls, but we really try to hone in on experimenting and kind of figuring out what's working and what's not. So on that note, a lot of people get caught up when posts don't do well. So what do you do when your posts don't do well? And like, how does that make you feel? It's really easy to feel bad. Like, you know, there's a good second where I'll feel defeated. And then I have to remind myself, like, it's Instagram, you never know what's going on. It's okay, just keep going. But the other dietitian bosses in the group have been so helpful with, you know, you can pop on the Facebook group and tell them what's going on and get encouragement and immediately feel better. So having the support of other women in the dietitian boss group, um, because yeah, there's going to be things, you know, we're, we're posting during we were posting during the election. And lots of stuff was hidden yeah, because of the election, lots of hashtags. And so just working through that and knowing that your content's still getting out there. And as long as I'm putting it out, people are going to come. But if I stop, they're not going to come. I agree. That's such a good point. And a lot of that's just about starting imperfectly, like the method we really encourage Mm -hmm. people to start imperfectly. And if weeks don't go well, you just keep showing up. So Mm -hmm. can you share a time when you were given advice by a coach or a colleague about how to do something imperfectly and how you felt about it? So, I mean, I'm a dietitian, and so we all have type A tendencies, so we don't really know how to do things imperfectly. So it's really, really hard. (laughs) So much so that I, I wasn't wanting to, when I first started in the program, I wasn't wanting to post because I felt like my message wasn't clear and I didn't know what to do. And, but once I was told, you know, numerous times, like it's okay to post something imperfect, 
and just start getting my message out there, just doing it a couple of times and realizing, and then getting good feedback, whether it be from people following me or, you know, other dietitian bosses or the dietitian boss coaches, you know, kind of taught me what I needed to do next to start working more towards more perfect action, not perfect action, but more perfect action. I see what you did there. I see yeah, what you yeah. did that. You avoid it really saying perfect because you know we're like, no, imperfect, somewhat good is good. I like what you did there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do that with my clients too. So I try to make sure I'm walking, walking the walk here. <laughs> and a big part of doing that is like posting your content because when you post your content, you're opening up the door for people to find you and get them on sales calls. And that's what we all want. So can you share a little bit about how you approach sales and how your mindset has evolved since being enrolled in the program? Mm -hmm. So I'll start with the second part for sure, because, you know, being in private practice, I was like, I can do sales. I have this down. Like, I don't need help with that. Not the case at all. Because I realized when I started the dietitian boss program that when I was on a sales call towards the end if there was a moment of silence, I would be like, oh, okay, so do you want a book or do you want to like think about it and call me later? Like I always gave them an out. Like, why was I doing that? <laughs> I just felt bad. And I'm like, why do I feel bad? They want help. I know I can help them. So why wouldn't I close the sale? So from that standpoint, I would say my sales mindset has evolved completely. Love it. You know, and just having confidence to book the sale. I'm sorry. Now I forgot the first question. No, no, you're good. I would just wanted to know, how did you feel about pitching your offer in general on social media? You're coming from private practice, which is like completely different, right? Face to face mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. like a phone mm-hmm. or a video call. Mm-hmm. Totally different. In fact, I said I would never do it. <laughs> I said I would never do it. And now here I am doing it. So I was definitely nervous. I felt very vulnerable. I was worried about being judged or made fun of or like, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about or she hasn't lived it, whatever. And I haven't had any issues so far. And I just, I put my message out there and I know my message can help people. And that's the only thing I'm worried about. I love that. What were the steps you took to improve your sales call skills? Like you said before, you would kind of give them an out. What were the things that would, would you say that helped you kind of get it more like a solid, like, okay, I didn't give them too many options. That was more clear. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely the dietitian boss modules that you get in the program that help you, that walk you through, you know, step-by-step step what to do on the calls. And then I just started putting that into practice you know, especially with my private practice and having the opportunity to kind of practice on them and just being more confident and, you know, asking them, you know, what is it that are your biggest pains? Like, what is it that you want? And then tying what I can do to help them back to what it is that they want. Yeah. And then, you know, if they give me a little bit of pushback at the end of the call, I can be like, okay, well, you said you wanted to be able to this, that, and the other. And kind of remind them of why they've called me. And then I find that that helps. I love that. Amazing. Such a good note. And the last thing that I will ask you is, can you provide a specific example of how the dietitian boss method has empowered you? I made a reel. (laughs) I love it. Thought that would have never happened. You know, this is kind of broad, but I also feel like it's so important is, 
if it wasn't for the dietitian boss method, I don't think I would have ever taken the leap to expand my reach. I'm not sure that I ever would have been confident. I probably sh- still would be giving people out and out on sales calls. And it's just given me a sense of confidence that I've never had before. And on days that aren't going very well or days I'm feeling exhausted or stressed, I just kind of remind myself like, it's okay. Like you can, you can do this and you have, I have the support of the women in the group and the coaches to, to remind me of that. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode, Kat. This has been incredible. And as a reminder, you guys, you can find her on Instagram. You can get to know her really fun, dry sense of humor (laughs) and laid back personality. If you go follow her and you can find her at eat period guilt free. Yay. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. Thank you. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at libbyrothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.